0: In conclusion, this book, while excellent in its analysis overall, is the a welcome law law to bring so so together the theories and methods the of two different fields humanity, of study—social history but detailed and enough ethical. so that more seasoned researchers will
1: find I'm Robert Casanello. I'm the Vice President of Research and Publications at HNet, and this is the Art of the Review podcast.
2: I'm Elena Kalinski, Managing Editor of HNet Reviews, and this is a podcast where we examine reviewing and criticism as an academic form.
1: This podcast is brought to you by HNet and the University of Central Florida's Center for Humanities and Digital Research.
2: Welcome to the Art of the Review podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Robert Casanello, and welcome to this episode of the Art of the Review. And in this episode, we'll be looking at art criticism. And Elena, you brought this idea uh, for an episode uh, for our subscribers to listen to. And can you tell me a little bit about where the idea of this episode came from?
2: Yeah, um, the idea came from uh, my thinking about the difference as an art historian from writing art history and writing art criticism. I have a friend, Natasha Kurchanova, who is an art historian uh, who works on the Russian avant-garde. She's completing a book on Vladimir Tatlin. Um, but who is also an art critic. And I will regularly get an email update from her about um, a review of an exhibition or an interview with an artist that she's done for Studio International, which is a well-known art magazine. And so I was just thinking about what some of those differences might be.
1: And so uh, how would this, I mean, if we're going to sort of prep our listeners because they've been used to listening to um, episodes about actually writing reviews, you know, book reviews and other media reviews. So so what's the difference between an art review versus these other reviews we've talked about so far?
2: Yeah, I think what I learned from talking to Natasha is that, um, you know, art historians, when they're writing about um, art movements from the past, they are um, contextualizing, they have the kind of benefit of history, whereas art critics are really writing about something that's happening Right now, they're trying to contextualize it within what they understand is happening in the moment. And there is certainly a good degree of research that goes into it. Um, an art critic might do an interview with an artist, um, but it is much more, um, you know, of the moment.
1: Well, great. Let's listen to that interview now, then.
2: Natasha Kurchanova is an art historian and specialist in modern and contemporary art with an emphasis on Russian and Soviet art of the 20th and 21st centuries. She reviews exhibitions and interviews artists for the magazine Studio International, and she has agreed to come on the Art of the Review to talk a bit about the art of art criticism. Natasha, you have written nearly 50 reviews of exhibitions for Studio International, covering a broad range of contemporary artists and exhibitions, including the Moscow International Biennial for Young Art, Manifesta 10 in St. Petersburg, and the 56th Venice Biennale. Could you talk a little bit about what it's like to review such a large exhibition? What are you looking for when you go through it? How do you approach writing about such a large and varied collection of works?
0: Hi, Elena. Yes, it's it's a good question because reviewing biennials and large exhibitions of fairs and large exhibitions of this type is probably the most challenging types of reviews I've done just because of um, the sheer amount of material, presented material. And also because the focus of these exhibitions is always very sort of diffuse, they're not very focused, um, despite having an overarching theme. When I go through these exhibitions, I usually try to go through them twice or three times and pick out works that catch my eye. And also I try to get, you know, particular themes within these large shows. And I focus on these exhibitions and on these themes that uh, seem to make sense to me. And that's how I approach it.
2: So just to extend on that question, I wanted to know, how do you choose the subjects that you review? Are you trying to shed a light on underrepresented artists or exhibitions? Are you looking for artists to whom you can bring your own particular expertise? Or does the magazine need to cover just important exhibitions and and you get assigned?
0: Well, it's sort of all of these things, actually. Sometimes my editor asks me to interview certain artists or write certain exhibition reviews, and I do that. Uh, More often, however, he just lets me choose exhibitions, and I send him a list of exhibitions that I um, would like to review. And some of them are... Blockbuster important shows in in um, well known museums, and some of them are really uh, you know in small galleries and not very well known galleries. I often go to Russia, and there I meet with artists and curators and sort of uh, get in touch with the art scene. And I review exhibitions in Russia because there's not that much representation of Russian art in English language press and this can go into the special skill exhibition reviews. So I just open up a window I suppose into the Russian art world a little bit for the English-speaking reader.
2: Yeah I'm always following your reviews Mm -hmm. of contemporary Russian artists because that's my interest. So you're an art historian by training Could you maybe talk a little bit about how you came to write art criticism and maybe how you see art history writing and art criticism differently or similarly?
0: In terms of the difference between academic publishing and art review, it's very different. Because in academic publishing, of course, research is very important, and we are dealing mostly with artists who are no longer living or with art history. You know, art is history. And with art criticism, you're dealing with the living and breathing uh, human beings, and you're also dealing with art that is being made. So, research does not take the priority. What is more important is how the work is exhibited, what the works wants to say, what the artists want to say, what the artist's position is. So it's it's a little more current. And also the format is different, of course. For the academic publishing it's usually a much longer format and you can um, sort of expand on your thoughts and be more descriptive and detailed. And in art reviews you have to give a lot of information to your reader in a very short format. So it really, it it just changes your style of presentation. So it's a different style of writing. Mm
2: -hmm. Do you think differently about the audience for writing? I know there's a lot of discussion among the crossover between academic writing and popular writing, you know, online, for example, thinking about a different audience.
0: Yes, I think in art criticism, I feel that I have a much broader audience. Um, not only because the texts are shorter, but also because... Artists tend to read reviews, it just takes less time to read them, so more people read them, and even people who are not artists or art historians read them. You know, I have plenty of my friends who do completely different things, and they read my reviews. Apart from being a professional art historian or somebody who writes for artists and art historians, I also feel, just as a journalist, informing the public about art and the art world.
2: So, do you do you feel like you have to use different techniques of description or analysis, like um, different vocabulary, or describe in different ways for people who aren't trained in art history?
0: Yes, I try to make uh, my language jargon-free. Also, they have um, editors who work on my reviews, you know, my texts, and they they make it more kind of accessible to general audience.
2: Great. So just one more question, since Mm -hmm. this is a podcast about reviewing and reviewing cultures, and I don't know if you can put this into words necessarily, Mm -hmm. um, or if it's just something that's ingrained, but I wonder if you could think about or talk about the criteria that you use when reviewing an exhibition. I mean, Mm -hmm. what are you measuring exactly? And and how do you decide whether something is successful or or less successful? How do -hmm. you approach that?
0: the exhibition has to uh, come together as a whole. It really has to have a focus and a theme and be coherent. What, if the exhibition makes sense to me, I suppose, it's is the criteria. I always try to understand how um, the processes of thinking, what does the exhibition want to say? So if I find that the exhibition statement, you know, catches my attention, I may convey it somehow to my readers as well. You know, that this is something interesting that the artist is trying to say. Even with well-known artists, sometimes I find it difficult to find this focus. You know, I reviewed Mike Kelly exhibition, for example. But I found it very difficult to find this kind of focus you know so um, i don 't think the review came out very well just because i i couldn 't synthesize the various aspects of the artist's work. So this was one of my first uh, reviews. And since then, I've always tried to attempt to understand the entire process of the artist's thinking, you know, where he was coming from, before even attempting to write a review. Or if it's an exhibition of many artists, what the curatorial concept is, so that I have an idea of kind of the thinking process behind a particular artist's work or the curatorial idea
2: yeah Mike Kelly is Mm -hmm. a difficult one he's so prolific and so complex with his thinking what have been some of the exhibitions that you've enjoyed reviewing the most that you found were the most successful that you could point listeners to
0: I enjoyed uh, the Fishley and Weiss exhibition um, and I reviewed it most recently at the Guggenheim Museum. Another show at the Guggenheim that I really enjoyed was Alberto Burri exhibition. I wrote a review of it as well. Um, an exhibition that uh, Ralph Fasanella uh, was well received.
2: He's not well known, is he?
0: No, he's not very well known, but people like the review because um, he was a self-taught artist and he was a very sort of accessible artist to the general public and so my friends who are not artists especially enjoyed it because they uh, like to be introduced to this painter who wrote about things that they knew about. So, in this case, after reviewing the exhibition of Ralph Fasanella, I felt like I fulfilled some sort of an educational role by introducing so many people to his art. And, you know, after reading my review, they just went and they saw the exhibition and they later wrote to me saying how much they enjoyed it and thanking me for introducing them to this artist.
2: Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation. I think it'll be illuminating for listeners.
0: Well, thank you for asking me for this interview. It was a pleasure.
2: Okay. Well, we'll have links to some of Natasha's pieces from Studio International at the Art of the Review show notes page. And I'll also put in a link to the Shira website, which is the website for the Society of historians of East European, Eurasian, and Russian art, which is incidentally how I met Natasha. So thanks to Natasha for doing the interview, and I hope you enjoyed it.